We have an order this morning that's a little bit different from what we normally do, but I'm excited about that and excited about what we're going to do with our morning. We have a chance today to kind of introduce the things that are going to initiate our fall for us and move into 219, 2020, and God is going to bless us for sure. One of the real blessings is that we've had 2018, 2019 that we've enjoyed together. And so we're going to see a video right now that is going to depict a lot of the things that we did in the years 2018, 2019 together. You might want to watch for yourself. Kiddos, you might want to watch to see if maybe you're going to be in this video because it's very likely. Go ahead, Josh. There were indeed a lot of good things that went on in the year 2018-2019 for us, and God blessed us richly, and for that I'm very grateful. One of the things that happened was that in the spring, a number of our leaders got together, and we... After, uh, I don't know, a couple of days or long day, I should say, uh, of a retreat together, we just focused on some specific areas of ministry and said to ourselves, these are the kind of things that really represent the church that we want to be. And so when you look at this list, there are a number of things that are listed there that we think should be priorities for our church as a ministry. I'm not going to go through all of those this morning, uh, even though these are all kind of on our minds. But that's partially because in the next year, we want to focus on three specifically that come from that list. And so you would have seen on that list these, community engagement. One of the beautiful things about our church family is the opportunity we we have to be engaged in our community with people from our area on a regular basis. Some of you do that on your own, in your own communities, your own relationships, and then we, because we're situated in this place, have a chance to do it here in, in wonderful ways. And so our Wednesday lunches, our clothing exchange, and a host of other ways are ways in which we're involved in community engagement. Trying to help people see something of the goodness of Jesus through us and our relationships with them. We definitely want to focus on that, and we're going to continue to do so as we move into 2019-2020. We also, and you would have heard a lot about this if you would have been in class earlier this morning, We also want to focus on family ministries. We have a lot of young families. We have a lot of children. We have a lot of teenagers. And we want very much for Christ to live in them and for them to learn of our faith. So I won't say a whole lot more about this because we've already done it uh, during class time. But this is going to be a priority. And there's a a group of parents and others who are focusing specifically on how we as a church can do this better. And then I wanted to mention leadership formation. This is kind of a key third area of emphasis for us. Miles is going to say a bit more about this in just a second, but I just wanted to say that for me, this is exciting. There's a plan being formulated by our elders and staff for ways in which we're going to help train and bring people along in positions of leadership. The church can't flourish in the future unless there are those who are willing to lead, and we want very much to see this happen. We want to be intentional about it, and so there are some leadership training opportunities that are are going to come our way for sure. And so, Miles... If you want to continue to talk about that, please do so. Good morning. Uh, since early 2017, the uh, elders and staff have been discussing how to develop effective, sustainable leader- leadership in the church. 
As Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And it's true. There's so much to do, and we need workers. But we also need those who are willing and able to step up and to lead in the ministry opportunities that are available to us. This congregation here is over 100 years old, and we wouldn't be here now if each generation hadn't developed leaders going forward. Now, we think that this is uh, particularly uh, urgent at this point because we are now living in a society where Christianity is no longer mainstream. Many churches are floundering. uh, Many churches are closing their doors. And so we cannot simply assume that there will be qualified leaders available uh, whenever we might need them. So therefore, in order to ensure that we have leaders ready, both for ministry opportunities now and for the church 10, 20, even 50 years from now, uh, we need to actively encourage and develop the talents of those within our congregation. But here's the thing. We don't just want someone leading merely because they happen to be talented in a particular area. We want leaders who are growing in their faith and spiritual maturity so that the service that they offer is an expression of worship to God, as Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12. This is critical. Leaders need to be growing in their faith, developing skills in in a particular area of ministry, and learning to lead effectively in a God-honoring way. So what I'm talking about is growing in each of these three areas here. Um, now, so far you might be thinking that I'm, I'm just addressing a, a select few people in here. But uh, the need for leadership goes beyond, say, simply mentoring people for, for example, uh, eldership. Um, I would like to encourage you to think very broadly about the term leadership. Each one of us is unique, and God provides each one of us with opportunities that are not available to anyone else. And so each one of us has some realm in which we are a leader, and so each one of us need to mature and grow in these ways. All these together fall under that heading of of maturing in Jesus Christ. According to Ephesians chapter 4, Maturing in Christ is something that all Christians should aspire to. It is our desire to work together to equip each person to serve and to build up the body of Christ. So keep your eyes and ears open over the next few months for opportunities to uh, grow and serve together in God's kingdom. Thank you. Well, in addition to all the ministry uh, that we've been able to do in the last year and that we're going to continue to do in the future, with, which I, I hope you can get excited, even, even if this is a little bit, uh, uh, you think to yourself, wow, there's a lot going on here, uh, you know, lots of slides, lots of information. We certainly want, though, to have this sense that we are moving forward, that God is blessing us and we're getting things done in his name. One of the things that constantly we are faced with is a kind of countermeasure, counter-message, I should say, from the world. Um, or at least we find ourselves positioned in a world that sometimes for us is a bit disconcerting. Like there's just challenges all the time that come to the church and to his people 
from living in the culture in which we live. Now, in some ways, our culture is beautiful and wonderful. We live in a, in a free culture that allows us to serve the Lord in freedom, and, it, and we have opportunities to do all the things we do. God has blessed us in so many ways in being in the culture that we're in here in Canada. But in some ways, it's a challenge. There are things that confront us from time to time. And so one of the things we're going to do this fall is move into a series, a sermon series, that's going to address some of that positioning of ourselves within our culture. And so if you look at the new banner up here, it says intersections. And I didn't say this in the first service, I should have. In order to get this banner, you have to realize the picture that's being taken is taken from the glass floor that is in the Calgary Tower. So the first time I looked at this, I thought, well, I can see the Calgary Tower, but it looks like it's upside down pointing toward the street. What's up with that? But that's actually the bottom of the Calgary Tower, and this picture is being taken through the glass. And you can see the intersections that are there. Uh, Ninth Ave, for sure. I don't know what the other one is. Somebody somebody else will know. Is that second? Is that Center Street? Right in the center of the tower is Center Street? Okay, that makes some sense. See, I've been here all this time, still learning things. So we've, that's the notion of intersections where the sacred meets the everyday. And so we're going to be talking about things, subjects that address specifically that. And so, go ahead and move me forward there, Josh. One more. These are some topics that we're going to address over the next uh, few weeks together on Sunday morning. You can see facing challenges to, to traditional marriages. Obviously, that's uh, an issue. Leading our children to faith. We have so many young families, children, trying to bring them up in the Lord. The third one, and this, this seems to be one that I think just kind of captures everyone's attention right away, responding to issues of gender identification and sexual orientation. Okay, I don't know who's going to preach that yet, but somebody is. Um, balancing worldly and spiritual priorities. Faith in the midst of a staggering economy. Uh, when someone saw that from the first service, they said, yeah, you know, that so much affects my life. Faith in the workplace, depending on God through addictions, loneliness, surrounded by media, which all of us know that we are these days in extraordinary ways. When the answers I need don't come, uh, sometimes the Bible doesn't specifically speak to the issues that we would love to see the Bible address. God, give me an answer here. And sometimes those aren't as forthcoming as we want them to be. Sorting our way through doctrinal confusion. There's a lot of issues here that we constantly have to face as a church. And one of the things that's going to happen this fall is that we're going to address a bunch of those. Now, in addition to the sermon series and that, we're also going to move into a new season of life groups. And so 2019-2020 life groups. Dustin talked at this, uh, about this at length during the class time. He put some pictures up of all the life group leaders. Uh, but if, if you weren't here for that, or if you just want to know how can I get involved in a life group, there is a list in the bulletin this morning of all of the life groups. We'd love for you to look at that list. Uh, the one that might be a little bit different is the one with Randy and Eric Tyson. Uh, so if you're interested in what they're doing as far as life group, you could give Randy and Eric a call, talk to them about that. But otherwise, you can see the names of the life group leaders. Uh, there is a curriculum that follows this, Intersections, which is going to go through the life groups this year. Uh, some groups may deviate from that and, and choose their own material, but I think most are probably going to follow that subject. And we would love to see everybody involved in a life group. If you're thinking, well, you know, every year, Kelly, you say this, you invite me, but I choose not to. Make this the year when you say, yes, I'll be part of a life group, okay? I really encourage you to do that, uh, and I hope that you do. We want this to be a focus in our church, but that requires our people to get involved and focused on 
uh, in that ministry, and so I hope that you are. And then, thirdly, I wanted to mention our adult classes. Again, Dustin did this in the first or in, during class time, so I won't spend a whole lot of time doing this. There is an adult class in here. Uh, we're going to see a video in just a moment that's going to kind of introduce that subject. Kevin's going to do something for two or three weeks uh, with one subject and then move into a series on essential Bible passages by N.T. Wright and finish off the fall with that in the auditorium class. There's also a parenting class that is going to take place that Dustin's going to teach for our teenagers or parents of teens, I should say. And so if you're a parent of a teen or a parent of children who are soon to be teens, you certainly would be welcome in Dustin's class as he's going to talk about that theme. I think that's going to be down in the gym. And then Darcy Pollock has for the last couple of years been uh, running a class for young adults. It's going to take place in the fireside room, and we'd love to have our young adults be part of all of that. So that's class time, life groups, the sermon series that we're going to do this fall, and I'm excited about it all. I hope that you can get excited about it as well. And now we're going to see a video, Josh, that's going to introduce the adult classes. Why is there life? Where did it come from? How did it come to be? When you come to the origin of life, what you're not allowed to use fundamentally by the rules, so-called rules of science, is mind or intelligence. The only acceptable explanation has to be rendered in terms of matter and energy. The problem is that the laws of nature, as we understand them right now, seem to preclude the spontaneous origin of life. The molecules involved in life, they have no intelligence, they have no foresight, they have no way of knowing what they need to do next in order to get themselves assembled into organic chemistry. So your challenge is to go from a world governed by chemistry and physics where the living state doesn't exist, bring it into existence, and then maintain it through time so we can get to here, where we are today. That's an awful lot to account for by random chance. It would uh, certainly be a mistake this morning if in talking about plans and preparing for the church year that we're about to have come upon us, if we didn't acknowledge and ask God's presence in our midst. And so what we're going to do in the next few minutes is simply to pray and ask God to be with us so that as we enter into this fall together, God will indeed be with us, that he will answer our prayers that his spirit will be present doing things among us, and we want to invoke him uh, in, in our lives together as a church in order to have this happen. So I want to start with a reading of Scripture, which is going to talk about some different ways in which God does indeed work among us, and then some responsibilities that he asks of us. And then we're going to pray about the things that come directly from this passage. The passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21, and it says this, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. That's what God does. He reconciles humanity to himself, specifically through Jesus. And he was committed to us. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, 
be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There are some things in that passage, like, for example, God has reconciled the world to himself, and he's reconciled us specifically. And because God has reconciled us, we owe so much gratitude to God for his work in Jesus. But I don't think any of us have fully become all that he wants us to be. And so he talks here about being reconciled to God. Even He's writing to Christians here. But he says to these Christians, be reconciled to God. Well, what does it mean for Christians who have already been forgiven by the blood of Christ to be reconciled to God? And it has so much to do, I think, with becoming all that God wants us to be in him. So we're going to pray about that as well. And then he does give us a ministry. He calls us to be ambassadors in his name into the world with the wonderful things that we have received from him. So we're going to pray about those three things, giving thanks to God, being reconciled ourselves fully to him, and being his ambassadors. And the way this will work is I'll just mention the category, thanksgiving to God, for example, in the first case, and then we'll just enter into a time of silent prayer, and then I'll close out that prayer time and then move into the next. And you'll see how this works very easily. So first, I'd like for us to just pray uh, and to thank God for what it is that he's done for us in Jesus Christ. God has reconciled us through Christ, and we just want to spend some time thanking him for that. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for what it is that you have done for us, most specifically in Jesus but you throughout human history have entered into our lives. You've interacted with us. You've come to us and revealed yourself. And because you love us and reveal yourself, showing us to, you, uh, to us, yourself to us through Christ, and then redeeming us to you so that we can be reconciled in relationship for all these things this morning, we praise and we thank you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Then the second area is, again, uh, we have been reconciled to God, but all of us wants to be fully reconciled. We want to be all that God wants us to be. And so pray this morning for God to make you all that God wants you to be in Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, even uh, the one among us who is the most mature in you, even the one who knows you best and is closest to your heart, still could be closer. We still could draw even more through your spirit into life with you. And so, Father, I pray that you would reconcile each one of us fully with you through your spirit, that we might know you and love you and be what you want us to be. We pray through Jesus. Amen. And then lastly, we have a ministry into our world. God has called us to be ambassadors his spokespersons in our world on behalf of the kingdom. And so we want to pray that God will, in the year 2019-2020, help us to be the best ambassadors for Christ that we can be. So let's pray about that. Pray about being an ambassador for Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your ambassadors. We thank you for the ministry of reconciliation that you have brought into our lives, made available to us, 
so that we can indeed be ministers of your word to the world around us. God, we pray that as we move into fall and winter and spring, that you will help us to use all of our resources, uh, help each one of us as children of yours to be lights, to be salt, to be voices in our communities for you. Help us to be great ambassadors. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen. Good morning. If you're visiting with our church this morning, I guess by way of a bit of a disclosure, I feel it prudent to inform you that we here at the Calgary Church of Christ are a bunch of sinners. For those of you that don't know me personally, my name is James Mooney, and I have to confess to you as well that I, too, am a sinner. Our very talented worship leader, Jonathan, I'm sorry to say, pal, sinner. Our youth and young adult minister, Dustin, also a sinner. Sitting in our front office, our amazing administrative assistant, Hope, is a sinner. Our lead minister, Kelly Carter, I have to break it to you, is also a sinner. Even the elders of our congregation, Steve, Kevin, Francis, Miles, all sinners. In fact, everyone you meet here this morning is a sinner. So if you came here this morning hoping to rub shoulders with saints, I'll admit you you will meet some pretty amazing people. But unfortunately, I'm sorry to say, no saints. So how do we reconcile this disturbing revelation? What gets a bunch of sinners out of bed on a Sunday morning to drag their sorry butts down here to sit around with a bunch of other sinners to be led in worship by yet another group of sinners? Let's just put a pin in that for a moment. Is anyone here this morning a quilter? Anyone a quilter? A quilter. Oh, a couple. If, you're, if you are a quilter, you may be familiar uh, with the form of needlework referred to as patchwork. If not, well, patchwork or piecework is a form of needlework that involves sewing together pieces of fabric into a larger design. The larger design is usually based on a repeating pattern Uh, built up with different fabric shapes, which can be made of different colors. These shapes are carefully measured and cut, basic geometric shapes, um, making them easy to piece together. This is an example of patchwork made by my very own grandmother over 30 years ago. I won't open the whole thing, but that gives you a little bit of an idea. Okay, I'm going to pull that pin back out. Now, Jonathan may be a gifted worship leader, and Kelly, a well-educated and charismatic speaker, and Dustin may have a deep heart for the youth of our church. Hope may be the kindest, most selfless, servant-hearted person, 
you'd have the pleasure to interact with, but we don't put our faith and we don't put our hope in these people. This place is where our leaders come alongside the rest of us. This patchwork of imperfection, we gather and we meet perfection head on in the form of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of our living God, who 2,000 years ago became flesh and became one of us and lived a sinless life and ultimately died on the cross for the sins of all mankind, for the sins of each and every one of us. In Romans, the fifth chapter, beginning in verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, some of you might find this incredibly ugly. I can tell you my friends in college sure did. Some of you may find what you see before you as incredibly beautiful. Neither can deny that in its complexity, when you get past the judgment of the individual pieces, there is a wonderful design with a bigger and more meaningful purpose. You are a beautiful patchwork of imperfection. When gathered together as a community, we, his church, can do beautiful and meaningful things in the name of the one who created us, in the name of the one who saved us, Jesus Christ. At this time, as instructed by Jesus himself on the night before he died, we as a body of believers share in communion together. We share a small piece of bread symbolizing the flesh, and we share a small cup of juice representing his blood poured out as a sacrificial lamb for the sins of each and every one of us. As much as this is a memorial for his suffering, it is a celebration in the joy and in the hope and in the victory found in his resurrection. So if you're visiting with us, I thank you for joining us today. Yes, we are imperfect. But we love our God. And we surrender ourselves to his hands, trusting that even in our imperfection, he will use us to serve his bigger purpose here in this building and in this community, in this city, throughout this country, and throughout the world. I want to tell you something about where all of this is flowing from. Maybe it's what psychologists call a reframe, right? So I'm going to take the 
the elements of this story. I'm not changing those. I'm not changing the facts of the event, but I'm going to look at it from a different perspective. I was at the meeting at the end of March that led to all of the things that Kelly presented this morning. And I want to say it was not a great strategic meeting. I've been to those in churches. It was much better than that. It was a listening time. Everybody at that meeting spent a day fasting before we got together and listened to God. And the things that came out of that meeting were not good ideas that we had. They were a consensus of things that we felt God had put on our hearts and was calling this church to. That's a big difference. It's one thing for us to have good ideas and ask God's blessing. It's another thing for us to be quiet enough to let God do the leading and then participate with where he's calling us. And that's where all of the stuff that you saw this morning, that's the the fountainhead of that. So we're going to sing a song now called Lord Take Control that fits right in with that movement. We want God to be the one to lead us. And in order to do that, we have to let to die to ourselves again and again and again. Like James said, we all, none of us are perfect. And thanks for letting me off the hook, James. You guys don't have to expect that from me anymore. Thank you. Let's stand together and sing, Lord, take control. <laughs>